Hello everyone and welcome to Best Thoughts. I'm Will Johns. And I'm Rick Johns. And we're back for another bonus episode in our season on healthy relationships. And we are so excited because we have a guest with us, one Mr. Matt Gal, who's a friend of ours and an expert on relationships. And he wanted to be on the show, so here we are. Welcome, Matt. Oh, thank you. It's good to be on the show. We're great. So glad to have you with us today, Matt. It's, it's been good. So you've been listening to Best Thoughts <laughs> with Dr. Will Johns and Dr. Rick Johns. Hey, well, I'm happy I could contribute. Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. We didn't even have to fade the music. It's still playing. Uh, that was pretty easy, huh, Matt? To... Yeah, I was, I was nervous, but you made that really easy. And since that's all, about all the expertise I have to offer, that worked out really well. We, we fulfilled it. It's, it's part of our Make-A-Wish podcast <laughs> foundation. We fulfilled Matt's dream. Anyone else who wants to be on, just let us know. We can work it out. Because we do good in this world. That's what we do. But seriously, I guess we will we'll give you a little more time, Matt. Um, you know, for those that don't know you as well as Will and I do, which is probably everybody listening, <laughs> uh, tell us just a little bit about yourself, and then we'll kind of dive into our topic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've actually known you guys, I think, around nine years. So it's crazy to think that it's been almost a decade. But grew up in Denver. Um, uh, what do I say about myself? Always been into sports and athletics and music and sort of found myself um, along the way entering into a career in pastoral ministry, which is, of course, where I met you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. From a, a personal standpoint, which I, I think will connect with, with the podcast today, um, got married at, at 30 years old and was married for seven years, sadly, but, but you know, in hindsight, appropriately, that, that ended after about seven years mm. and since then um, have have done some dating and kind of been out in that world sort of rediscovering myself I had changed a lot spiritually as well as all the things that you learn from a relationship um, mm-hmm. not just with what you learn about the other person but mostly about yourself uh, and then to be you know really transparent just had a, a relationship that I was really optimistic about uh, end just about a month ago. Mm. So uh, mm. I think there, there's a lot there um, mm-hmm. that I think, um, you know, will be, will be good to talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Matt, with that kind of journey, what is it, what's one thing that stands out to you the most that's, that's been one of the most helpful principles for you to, to, to help you work through everything you've been through? Yeah. It's interesting to be doing this now because it's just been a month since the relationship I was really excited about ended. So you're you're kind of doing a lot of processing. But I think what I think that the the nuance, you know, we all reach out for relationships because we truthfully get something out of it, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. there's definitely something that we get from that and desire from that. Um, I think the thing that's standing out to me now as I'm, you know, in this space of moving on is how do you be in right relationship with yourself or in a healthy relationship with yourself? Wow. Wow. That to me is a profound question to ask because we're often focused on the other person. You know, how do I connect with them or how do I get them to change? But you're asking, Matt, how do I have the right relationship with myself? What, what have you found out with that question? Yeah, well, 
it's interesting coming out of a divorce and and really anybody can relate to this coming out of a relationship of any kind that they were in for a while and that kind of hurts their heart and they've got to get over it Mm. um you kind of you're healing and i think we have a tendency to think we're further along in that journey than we actually are Mm. (laughs) and i certainly Mm. probably dated I gained a lot from from dating different people the last few years, certainly learned a lot, and there was a lot that was good about that. But I definitely look back and realize I wasn't as ready for some of that as I thought I was. Mm. And so, yeah, with this this concept of being in a healthy relationship with yourself, I think it's important to examine the kinds of things that would, would lead you there yeah. um, so that you can be not just ready for dating, but I, I guess I guess the one thing that's really jumped out to me is Matt, you're not doing this just to be ready to date someone else or be in a long-term relationship with someone else. You're doing this for yourself. Yeah. And you're going to not only give a gift to yourself by being a better version of yourself, but you're going to give a better gift to your friends, your family. And then if you end up in another long-term relationship, you're going to be a healthier version of yourself for that person. Wow. Exactly. And you know, Matt, as you were talking, I was just thinking... Our world is filled with dating books and apps and all this advice. And one of the things that we often overlook is you have to be the right person. Mm. We get all this advice about how do you find Mr. Right? How do you find Mrs. Right? What do you need to do? How do you pull someone to you? How do you attract this, attract that? And what I love about what you said, Matt, is you're working on yourself so that when that time comes, you can be the best version of you. You can be a healthy version of yourself. And then I think you can attract a healthier person. You know, if you don't do that inner work, then you kind of attract the person that's also not doing the work. And then guess what? You're kind of stuck uh, in another unhealthy relationship. Yeah. And often it seems you end up having patterns of who you end up with. And mm. if you haven't learned, then you subconsciously, you're just not even aware of it. You end up being attracted to the same kind of person and, and dynamic. And yeah. often that's not good. Right. Mm. It's just round mm. two <laughs> of the same thing. Yeah, it reminds me of a, of a huge aha moment that I had way back uh, when I was in college. And at that point in my life, I was certain, I was praying this one this one time and I was like, God lead me to the right person, you know, and I kind of had this image of what the perfect person would be for me. And it was like God convicted me and spoke to me saying, Will, you need to be focused on you being the right person. Mm -hmm. And then you'll attract the right person. That I was ignoring my own stuff and, and not asking the question, you know, would the kind of woman that I'm hoping to meet even be attracted to me? (laughs) Right. She have any interest in me? And the answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I set that one up way too easy for him. Oh my goodness. You asked the question, I answered it. (laughs) So, you know, when you, when you turn that around and that's what you're talking about, Matt, to me, that's just like a very high level mature way to approach life, you know, just period. And and even somebody that's currently in a marriage relationship can start asking, you know, what can I do to have a better relationship with myself so I show up better in my marriage? 
if I want my marriage to be at a higher level, I've got to take myself to a higher level. Yeah, I absolutely think this principle applies to anyone, whether you're single or in a relationship. And I guess to make it a little more concrete, I, I sort of came across a book called Single on Purpose by mm. an author named John Kim. I haven't finished it, but he had, you know, in the first couple chapters, a, a couple of the things that he brought up just in order to make this a little more concrete are what what have you been missing in your life that makes you content? Like, are there things that you've sort of overdone your attention to the dynamics of a relationship? Or if you're a single person, over worried about finding the next person to not be lonely or to make you feel more whole or whatever that is. And for me, I just spent five minutes writing some notes based on some of the content. And one of those things was, you know, I have really been missing the the little community that I used to have in playing music together with friends. Mm. And mm. Um, I've been in a certain environment with my professional life and personal life where I felt pretty isolated. So of course it was easy to reach out to date someone. There's no shortage of apps you can put on your phone. There's no <laughs> shortage of ways to try and fill a need really quickly in that way. So making those simple notes and I just wrote out a little list of wait, what are the things just as a person for me that would connect me to the things that give me contentment and joy? Wow. And one example is, okay, I need to actually, you know, and for me, that's often been at church. It doesn't have to be, but okay, I'm going to connect with my local church and I'm going to, I'm going to get my guitar out and, and, you know, find a group to play with. So mm -hmm. things like that. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And if you don't take that perspective, then you end up using people. And that's something we don't talk about too much, but, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be aware that we have a need for connection. We have a need for intimacy. I think that's natural and healthy, but I see people that have become serial daters, you know, and they just, mm. they have to have someone. Oh no, I, I lost this person. Now I got to get somebody. I got to get somebody. I'm, I'm nobody unless I have somebody and, and nothing is further from the truth. You're actually nobody if that's your attitude because you have to show up as somebody. You have to bring something to the relationship. I remember hearing an interview with a country western uh, singer or songwriter guy. I don't know who he was. He was old, real old guy. And he's like, man, I, I can't stand these new country western songs, he said, because the guys in these songs are all like, I'm nobody without you and you're everything to me. And he's like, well, if you're a nobody, nobody, no wonder she doesn't want you. <laughs> you know, like you got to be somebody. And if you can't, if you're nobody after you lose her, then you weren't anybody and she should have dumped you. Well, and on that, I remember another, another book reference. I'm a reader and I, I, I recommend this book it's, um, by Rob Bell called The Zimzum of Love. He's talking about relationships and I'll never forget it. He says, a relationship is only as healthy as the least healthy person in it. Ooh, and that powerful. is a really powerful uh, statement. You know, that's something that I, I certainly forget time to time. I think we all need to be reminded of that. But to your point, Rick, there is so much room for our for each of us to, to just take some time and reflect on our own health. And I yeah. think that's really what I'm driving at and realizing, especially this last month is, okay, yes, this breakup was painful. I didn't want it. But this is an opportunity. Right. This is an opportunity for me to take whatever amount of time this is for me and be in a better place myself, be in a better relationship with myself so that I have more to, so I'm more content in general and have more to offer to every relationship around me. 
And Matt, I don't know about you, but I shared a little bit uh, on our last, or one of our last podcasts on marriage, you know, going through the divorce for me and then getting a counselor and working on myself, I realized, oh my goodness, I may have been the one that was the least healthy because I spent so much time focusing on all my ex and her problems, those dominated my attention. And I just thought, oh, she's the least healthy in this relationship. She has these problems until I'm all by myself and I'm in this counseling you know, relationship realizing, oh my goodness, I got a lot of issues. So for any of us, the challenge I think is to come in and say, I want, I don't wanna be the least healthy person in this relationship. So I need to be serious uh, about doing the work and investing in myself and finding ways that I can be healthy and be and have something to offer in a relationship. Yeah, it doesn't take much. Even, even if you're someone who doesn't want to spend 10 hours a week journaling about yourself, it, it can be little things, a book, mm-hmm. a friend that you know seems to take you to a deeper level and is willing to challenge you or say, hey, did you know this about yourself? Um, and certainly counseling. And, and the other piece I would say about that is when we're finding reasons not to do something, we always, it's easy to go to the time and the money, but you will never regret any amount of money or time you spend on learning more about yourself. Mm. You just mm. won't. Mm. And if, if you're worried about that $120 counseling, you know, cost per month or per every two weeks, re-examine your budget. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. choose one thing that you know Oh, I could easily cut back on that for six months yeah. and just make it happen. It is so worth it. Yeah. I, I love that, Matt, because to me, developing a healthier relationship with myself actually sounds like fun. You know, like it's, this sounds like I'm giving myself permission, you know, to do something that I actually want to do. But some people may feel like, ah, oh, isn't that a luxury? You know, isn't that selfish? Isn't... You know, I need to be serving others. I don't have time to to worry about, you know, if I enjoy playing guitar with a community or if I enjoy playing sports or, you know, what is it about me that, that fills me? And and yet I'm, I'm just convinced that, that this is a foundation to any healthy relationship. Yeah, I think often when people make those excuses to themselves about, oh, I should be doing something else or and really aren't prioritizing any time for their self, that's coming out of a place of fear mm. or some some not quite healthy understanding of of themselves. Yeah. And yeah. and how important it is to to be healthy themselves and to underestimate the dysfunction that you bring to your relationships. Yeah. And I, I think we confuse that sometimes. And it's easy for us to rationalize it. Um, mm. and, and I get it. We're often, and, and it's all contextual. Some of us have very, very busy lives. And so I think, I think it's per individual and personal, but within your own life and your own context, finding those little ways to just start, I think can make a huge difference. Yeah, I know for me that I have a long list and a stack of books that I want to read. But every time I sit to read, I feel like I'm doing nothing. (laughs) That guilt kicks in like, oh, wait, the dishes are sitting there or this is happening. You know, there's always something I should be doing. Like reading feels inactive and I'm unproductive. And, And that's ridiculous because probably what I'm about to read would be better for my life than any little thing I'm going to go do or, and I don't know why I don't have that same problem with television. Like I guess television just takes your (laughs) mind away. So you don't think about it, but 
I'll watch television and be fine. But when I sit to read, it's always that challenge of, oh, I really should be doing something productive. Mm. And I think that's so huge is if we give ourselves permission to take on this, this process, you know, to ask the question, what is a, what is a healthy relationship with myself? What does that look like? How do I, how do I treat myself better? Um, there's an ancient practice that I learned when I was um, getting my doctorate called the examine. And, and this is going to sound all heavy and, 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 and deeply spiritual, but it's actually a very, very simple process that I think would help with this uh, for anyone, Matt. And that is you go through your day and you just pay attention to what gave you energy, what felt good during the day, what lifted your spirits, and then you pay attention to what drained my energy. What felt kind of lousy? What depressed my spirits, you know, throughout this day? And, and at the end of the day, you just take a few notes, like you were saying, Matt. It could, it could take less than five minutes to just kind of jot that down. And what you're doing is you're, you're gathering data on yourself about where is the energy in my life? Where's the thing that just excites me? Where's the yeah. thing that makes me feel great? And what's what's the opposite of that? What's draining and you know uh, depressing and, and and something I just really don't enjoy? And by simply paying attention to that, you're getting to know yourself better, which then allows you to communicate about yourself better to other people, and it helps clarify um, who you are to other people. I love that. And I think the foundation underneath of that, or one of them, is intentionality. We often, and certainly like in our lives, a lot of things just do happen to us. We're, we're, in less, we're less in control of a lot of things than we'd like to think. But in so many ways, even a little bit of intentionality, we, can't, we have power over a lot of areas of our yeah. life. And even, like you said, Will, simple things about... Uh, um, about taking five minutes for a practice or um, I know Will one of your things that you like to do is take a walk in the morning mm -hmm. um, I think there are little things that can make mm -hmm. huge differences yeah. in our health and our happiness and joy and it's just intentionality I think sometimes we fall into especially when we're busy and overwhelmed that's when you're it's just sort of snowballs it just you can't seem to get control of any area of your life a little bit of intentionality can make a huge difference in um, carving out those spaces, being intentional, even with a few minutes, a few things that can give you that space. Mm. Can I ask a question? I'll let you guys respond. But as we're talking, I'm thinking about someone like you, Matt, who's been through a breakup or maybe somebody who just, I, I meet people every once in a while, just, oh, I'm, I'm not lucky in love, you know, love's for everyone else but me, you know, those and we all have those moments where I think we have those thoughts. And I'm just wondering, what would you say to someone who just feels like, man, I've tried, I've invested in myself, but I still never find anyone there. I just, I can't draw anyone to myself. I can't, uh, maybe I'm not attractive. Maybe I, I don't know what it is, but I just can't, it never works out for me. What, what would you guys say to someone like that? Yeah. I'll do my best to sort of articulate, I think, a couple different dimensions of it. I actually think there's a healthy way to say, I don't actually know what's going to happen the rest of my life. I have hopes mm. and I have dreams and I have desires and I'll, I think it's healthy to pursue them, but 
there is at least the possibility that this isn't going to work out exactly like I hoped. Mm-hmm. And I've had to say that to myself, I, to be very honest, I, th- this person broke up with me a month ago and I was heartbroken. Mm. I, I was very, in, very into this. And I thought this had a very good chance of, um, being a long-term relationship and one that I very much wanted. It, I found myself saying the same thing afterwards. How am I ever going to find somebody like that? Um, so I think to a certain extent, we're a prisoner of the moment <laughs> and our feelings. But also, I don't think it's unhealthy to say, I actually don't objectively know what's going to happen the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is hard. And I could totally understand, you know, there's some grief related to that and some acceptance. But I think that's why this concept is so important. So alongside of that, taking being intentional, taking some time and saying, okay, but what in my life gives me joy? How do mm. I craft my life to the extent that I can? And I know a lot of people have um, certain things you just have to do. And you don't have a lot of power over, but how can I craft my life in ways that give me some joy? And, and I guess in the context of this conversation, how can I be the best version of myself? Mm. So I think it's being able to hold those two things together. Yeah, I, I do have desires and I'm not sure that some of them will happen. I'm, I'm 40. I, I may not ever have my own children. That's been a desire of mine, but I don't know if that will happen. Mm. That's a real battle. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, that's something I very much have to deal with. I don't know if that will happen. I still would like that to happen, but I don't know if it will. As I also realize that and feel that, how do I also, do I have the courage to face that and then craft my life to the extent that I can so that I'm the best version of myself. I think that's the challenge. Mm-hmm. I love that, that tension that you gave us there, Matt, of balancing a willingness to enter into the unknown. You know, we, we all want to pretend we know the future, but we definitely don't. Mm-hmm. With what our real desires are and what really brings us joy that we can control so that we're making choices over the areas of our lives that we can control that will lead us to our preferred future. You may not be able to control, say, what happens while you're at work all day long, and that's just part of the nature of work and probably why we get paid to do it. (laughs) Uh, Most people don't get paid to do something that's just super easy and fun all day long. Maybe some people do, and count your blessings if, if that's the case. But there are pieces of our life we don't have full control. There are pieces that we do. And then the other piece, Rick, to answer your initial question that I would maybe throw out there is I remember talking uh, with a young woman once who was single, who came to me, just kind of sharing about, you know, somewhat of her discouragement, you know, along those same lines that you mentioned, Rick. You know, what if, what if I'm just unlucky? What if I'll never meet anybody? And I said, I said to her, I said, you know, but you don't know the future, but since you don't know, what if you woke up each morning and said, maybe today is the day I meet someone? And, and what if you just have that expectation, you know, mm-hmm. as a possibility? It's yeah. not guaranteed. You just wake up with that expectation. And she, she told me later, she said, it really changed like her attitude. Right. Like she said, I started dressing a little better, you know, right. Started smiling a little more. Um, 
yeah. she said, I had some guy come up to me just out of the blue and, and compliment me on how I looked. And suddenly the world just looked a little different. And, yeah. And so, Rick, I think the final thing I would say in answer to your question is is to be very aware of projecting a negative future. Right. I'll be alone and miserable the rest of my life because anything we project in our minds can become self-fulfilling. For sure. And so we have to be, you know, be careful with that. Not even can, probably will. I don't yeah. think we... We underestimate the power of our perspective and our attitude to define our reality. Mm. And so as you were talking, Will, you said, control the things you can control. And then like Matt said, there's things you can't control. So you got to let those go. But one of the things you can control is your beliefs about yourself, uh, about yeah. God, about life. And I think the the subtle, discouraging, and really negative and destructive belief that creeps in for a lot of people is, I'm not worth it. What's, you know, it's the question, what's wrong with me? Nobody wants me. What's wrong with me? And that becomes a belief. Something's wrong with me. Mm. That's why I mm. don't have anything, anybody. Something's wrong with me. And I just want to confront that lie. I mean, it's just a lie. I have seen... <laughs> crazy quirky people find awesome crazy quirky people and have an awesome marriage and i i really believe there's somebody for everyone if you want to be married i don't think everybody has to be married but if you want to be married there's somebody that will love you but you have to love yourself first yes and if yes. you believe there's something wrong with you you're gonna you're gonna exude that and yes. other people are gonna be like oh I don't know what's wrong with that person, but I sense something's wrong with them because they're telling me there's something wrong with me. Avoid me. Yes. I'm desperate. I'm a loner. I'm a loser. Um, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be unsympathetic. And I don't think it's just as easy as, you know, flipping a switch and just saying, oh, I'm awesome and everybody should love me. But counseling can help. Friends can help. And like Matt was saying, find things that bring joy and just choose to believe you are valuable because mm. you are, you have something to offer. Every person has something to offer that can just be awesome in a relationship. Yeah, that's really good, Rick. And I, I think I'll add to it by saying, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of thinking this last month and processing. And aside from the very real grief from the end of the relationship, which is ongoing, that's I'm leaning into that as best I can and feeling that and not trying to marginalize it. But okay, what do I want my life to look like? How do I handle the next year? What do I, what do I want my life to look like this next year? Mm. The question that I realized, the things I realized I, w I was missing were I didn't feel a sense of meaning. Mm. And I think that is a gigantic part of when you are giving some intentionality and crafting of your life to the extent that you can, what things give you meaning. Yes. And don't yeah. be don't be embarrassed about them. Or again, this whole, oh, I shouldn't give myself the luxury of this. Is it traveling? Make it happen. Yeah. Are you worried about, you don't have anything to travel with. There's plenty of travel companies with trips, with groups. You know, don't let your excuses get in the way. And that's where I think the courage thing there. Yeah. Define and own what you what you know gives your life meaning mm. and then make it happen. Wow. Don't let these little things get in the way cuz I've done that with travel. I I love traveling and have had plenty, you know, last 4 years lots of time being single and and have created excuses at times. Other times I just traveled myself. 
and a few times I, I said, okay, there's a few people I don't, I'm not super tight with them, but I, I guess I do want to go with a little group. So I did. And, and so I think, you know, don't, don't let these little things get in the way. Be mm-hmm. clear about what gives you meaning and make it happen. I love that. And Matt, that, that brings us to a perfect place for us to end the podcast for real this time. <laughs> but but what a beautiful statement there of just, you know, make it happen. You know, don't yeah. let the excuses get in the way. And that's really just another way to have that healthy relationship with yourself, pushing yourself toward the good. And if you know something's good and it brings you meaning and value and joy, that's got to be a part of your life. That's not optional, really. You know, that's essential. Sometimes I think a lot of the pain that we feel and emptiness comes from thinking that essential things are like extra guilty pleasures, you know, like something that can, they're off to the side and and maybe, you know, once in a while I'm allowed that. But uh, to make meaning essential in your experience, I think it's so important. Absolutely, Will. And my closing thought today was just, I love how we're saying, focus on having a healthy relationship with yourself. And just as you would want to have that perfect person in your life, if you are looking for someone, make yourself that person. Learn to love yourself, learn to invest in yourself, learn to do things for yourself just like you would do for someone else that you love and show love to yourself and start changing your own attitude. I think that'll make a world of difference. And Matt, I'll let you have one closing thought before we wrap this up. Yeah, well, I just, again, want to thank you guys for having me on. I certainly can resonate and feel so, so deeply with those out there who are feeling lonely and frustrated and what's my life gonna be like? Am I gonna be lonely? Am I, what's my meaning? What's my purpose? I'm not saying anything I haven't I haven't said throughout the course of the podcast, but but just be intentional, be courageous, you know, spend that little bit of time to know yourself better. You'll never regret it. Mm, thank you. That's awesome, Matt. Thank you so much for being with us today, Matt. Everyone, you've been listening to Best Thoughts with Dr. Rick Johns and me, Dr. Will Johns, and with Matt Gal, our special guest here today. Uh, This has been a special bonus session of our Relationships Season 2 things to come. 